Hello, Hunters, and welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I am your host, Matt Acevedo, joined by always by the delicious Christian Humes. Hello. Hello. That was kind of a gross. I think delicious <laughs> in this context, even as a joke, just sounds wrong. Yet some people, you know, what is that? There's a term for that. It's like a actual phobia for people that like they get almost like super creeped out from mouth noises. Oh, I don't know. Is this the opposite of people who are, uh, what is it, ASMR? Yeah, it yeah, is It yeah. is probably similar to the opposite of ASMR, yeah. But that's actually like a phobia. It's like people can't listen to old Peanuts cartoons or they'll go crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Why old Peanuts cartoons? Do they have a lot? Do they make oh, a lot of mouth yeah. noises? Do they really? Oh, you listen to that and you hear like the little kids like smack in their mouth. <laughs> like <laughs> Charlie Brown? It's like that the whole time. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to watch that when I watch The Great Pumpkin on ABC this fall. <laughs> yeah. You're going to. Now that now that you can hear it, you're. it's one of those things. You'll never be able to not yeah. notice it. <laughs> well, guys, today, this voice that you're hearing, listeners, uh, is none other than our really our good friend, the amazing host of the, the Nintendo Cartridge Society with Patrick Ellers, uh, Mr. Mark Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, dude. We're so to have you here. Yeah. We've been trying to get you on for, for a minute. And I'm glad it's, it's like we're doing it. Well, I mean, you know, the chase is part of the fun for it sure. Is. It's, <laughs> now that we're here, it's like, ooh, like, is it still, are we still into this? We... <laughs> we'll certainly find out after tonight. Yeah, man. So, uh, welcome. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Yeah, this is uh, great. I mean, we do something similar on our show where we're like trying to definitively decide um what the best like nintendo character or something like that is so i feel like that has prepared me for the momentous task we have ahead of us tonight that's right mark that's right and if you guys uh go ahead and go and give uh give the nintendo card society a listen give them some hearts yeah. give them some love they're amazing give us some Subscribe. money give, give them some, some money, money. <laughs> Why it's not? worth a shot. Why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe, I'm sure you guys have like an eccentric billionaire listening to this show. <laughs> My Venmo is. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, today we have a very big matchup. Um, it's kind of like, this is an interesting one because especially the first one is unreal. Uh, we're going to need to get into this. This is the final round of Division this, of Division 4 before we go into the championships of the season. The semifinals and the championships. So this is like huge. This is a big big deal man we've already pulled from the bucket for the last time this is the final contenders after this it is battle royale the movie so let's get into this guys let's jump right in to our first matchup both of them want to rule the universe in their own ways on one side we have the one who hates the doctor the one who's from the planet scaro who is part of the thals uh who who hates uh i can't remember their enemy's name who was in a 10,000 year war and he he got really injured by them and we are talking about and the creator of the daleks we're talking about of course davros himself he is a menacing and evil creature it's very like weird representation uh mark how familiar are with this character in doctor who not very so i i'm not super familiar with doctor who in general i've watched some episodes of like the um uh when it was what's his name chris eccleston yeah yeah and then i saw someone who's i've seen like a smattering of episodes from pretty much all of the modern like doctors yeah but i this character i'm not entirely familiar with that's that's okay because that means you're here to ask the best questions since you don't know we'll have to inform you yeah but real quick correction i just remembered uh their enemy is the thals he is a Khaled. uh sorry i had to clear that before (laughs) before someone really hated me (laughs) well so one thing you should know Mm -hmm. is so last season our current ultimate fictional character is Doctor Who. Oh wow! Doctor, well, the Doctor, the Doctor, the Doctor. Yeah. Okay, all generations because mm-hmm. they're technically one person. Mm-hmm. I it, mean, hard to compete against it, that. It it, <laughs> it really is. It re- uh, there's something for everyone. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So, and this is this is one of I'd say two of the Doctor's main enemies, and really, it's like the creator of the Doctor's main enemy. Yeah. So it's uh that's interesting, but we have another super villain. <laughs> Yeah, to go up against the uh, endless Titan, the Mad Titan himself. I was gonna, I was gonna go with something from Infinity War. What, what is that um, quote he has? Run from it, dread it, run from it. Uh, 
you can't stop it or something. I, I don't know. You're looking at me. I am going to be no help. like a bunch of gems. I'm going to be no help. <laughs> I don't know. People out there might not know who we're talking about, but he's this little guy named Thanos. He's a purple villain, and uh, he likes to kill Avengers and half the universe. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So these two are very similar. Let's just jump into this, man. Okay. All right. Um. So going into this initially, right yeah. off the bat, I was like, well, I don't really know that much about uh, Davros. And so I guess just by default, it would kind of be Thanos. But here's the thing is that I could totally be swayed to keep Davros and get rid of Thanos because I don't find Thanos that compelling of a villain. Oh, oh. I want to hear more. Yeah, this is a great development. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't think I don't know. It's weird. Like, sure, he's. Um, the destruction he causes is massive, but as a villain himself, I think the best villains are ones where you um, you like them for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, even like uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they just have some sort of like personality, or uh, yeah, there's just something about them that you're like, you know, you're bad, but I kind of like you. Yeah, uh, Walter like White. Walter White, I feel like the Joker is the perfect example of this, right? Like, the Joker is just, like, super compelling as a character. We're like, that's really interesting. Thanos, not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm going to kind of back up Mark on this. Oh, man. I will will say. Are we just going to start tearing down Thanos? (laughs) (laughs) Long live the king. I didn't see this coming. (laughs) Uh, Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Because I'm I'm with Mark on this. But I do think that in the movies, I like what they did with him in the films. I feel like it was a little more justified and a little more like I can see where he's coming from. But in like the comics, I think he's just dumb. But do you, but do you think that he has like? Because I, I agree with you that in the movies they went out of their way to be like, uh, here's we're gonna set the scene for like why he's doing this. We're gonna try to make him dimensional because he really is kind of the main character of Infinity War. Yeah. So you know we're going to spend the time to lay this groundwork, but um. I, but he's not very charismatic. Like I don't. I feel like Thanos as a character in the films is very one note. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, wife beater, t-shirt, da- Thanos cooking, <laughs> cooking on his farm. Look, we're not talking about know. who we want to have sex with. We're talking about which one <laughs> is best. Right. Right. Well, so here's here's where I want to go with this because it's interesting. I feel like comic Thanos. I agree with you, and I think yeah. it's actually in many ways his weakest link. Mm-hmm. But we do we do try to we generally stay with whatever the most recent or renowned version of the characters are because we want to like give them their best shot. But there is like his motivation in the movies was all about like he has this psychopathic viewpoint, like he's very pessimistic of like people don't take care of what they have and that we just overuse and we're like it's almost like like Anderson in the Matrix. He's like the way he looks at life. He's like he's like oh you're you're like a virus. Like the way life spreads and just consumes everything. He's like so I'm gonna help you because you can't help yourself. Well, and it's it's all life that he's getting rid of, right? So it'd even be just like animal life and like botanical yeah. life. It right? doesn't like seem like botanical that... life goes away. It doesn't seem like that. It yeah. Like... Oh, it is so just you... like a human or like human like. Yeah, animals. Yeah. Yeah. It seems out, like right? animals and humans, which is weird because animals for a lot of people are a resource for food. Uh, so it's sort of a weird, weird move if you're talking about resource consumption. But um, in the in the comics, are you aware about what his like primary driving force is? Bad. Because it's weird. Like the, the the comic is not that great. What, no, cool what, what is like, his primary driving force in the comics? Unadaptable to film. Yeah, it really is. You, you please, be, so please the whole be my time guest. He's trying to impress. Lady Death, the figment of death. Oh, I to marry I, I Thanos. Have heard this. So yeah. he's like, I'm gonna bring. I'm a. It's like very machismo, very much like, oh, I'm gonna look what I can do, like doing pull ups in front of like your, the person you like, you know, uh, that kind of a deal. We've all been there. If we can't do pull ups, we wipe out <laughs> half of existence. <laughs> he's like obsessed with this woman, and he can't. It's like that would have been a weird. I mean, like this. This is like he's like a Buffy villain. Yeah. Right. Like we're gonna talk yeah, about her next, but he's told- kind of no. Like- that yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like a Buffy villain. So, but I guess I feel like even if he is well motivated, I don't think that makes him particularly compelling. I think it's just you know like 
thoughtful, if that makes sense. I, I, I don't know if I'm making that distinction like clear enough. No, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. And I, I don't disagree with you about him being not compelling. I don't think he was empathetic. There are a lot of people that like, like to make jokes like, oh, Thanos was right whenever they see how awful our world is. Mm-hmm. But realistically, um, he wasn't empathetic like how how do you empathize with him you know which is like important he also, for the villain i also just feel like he didn't have like dimensions like he wasn't funny or charismatic in one scene and then he like turns and is villainous right he's just always kind of that stoic like yes yeah i'm going to destroy everything and you'll thank me for it later like that sort of thing they just hit that beat over and over and over is yeah he, is he just like batman like I, batman lost this he, because batman's just like Batman like good Thanos, yeah, he's like good I, Thanos. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but look, because I think I actually think Thanos is better as a more interesting character than Batman. No, I, I know it's crazy. Shots fired, <laughs> I know. Uh, but when we're comparing Thanos to Davros, Davros is in like a similar situation. Well, no, Davros, Davros is actually like, um. He is just a psychopath. Like yeah. he is just an evil murderer. Like and he and he actually has like a vile hatred for he's got like the a, doctor and for the time lords. Yeah. So like you at least understand like you can understand someone just hating things. And specifically like And he le- got like the, he's he's in like a wheelchair. He's like messed up. You know, he's like a Yeah. Right, cuz like half like the bottom half of him is uh Dalek, right? Or yeah. not or it's, it's like, mach- like or it, lo- it looks basically He uses yeah, exactly. yeah he okay. uses their life support system to keep himself and alive. And the top he's like very like Borg like. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But you know, I here's the thing about Th- you know about uh, Davros, right? Hates the Doctor. He's got a bit of a uh, Hitler complex. He wants to get rid of all the Time Lords. Mm-hmm. Yes. He wants to rule the universe, which I think is like, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to What are you going to do with the whole universe? You know, like, well, he wants I mean, to destroy the whole universe. Oh, well, what yeah. does that mean? Like, when somebody's like, I want to destroy the whole universe. <laughs> like, do you want to wipe it out? Like, literally out of existence? Yes. Yes. Like, out of like space and time entirely. One hundred percent. Yes. P. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like what he's going for. That's okay. what the do- and that's what the Daleks are accomplishing. That's like, why they made it. The right. That's why they made the Daleks so to fulfill that wish. You yeah. Know? Like they have. Taken, I mean, Christopher Eccleston's final episode, he's episode. stopping the Earth from being just completely destroyed. Not like the Daleks invading and killing Earth. It's like, no, they were, the Earth was going They're to just be They're going to literally wipe it out of existence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that because I think, again, even though it's, it's a, it is in some ways it's one-dimensional, it, it at least um, it makes sense. It's like Thanos' whole thing is like, I want to save people by killing them or I want to kill people because I love death. Um, but he's just like, no, I just hate life and I hate happiness and I want to wipe existence from existence. And I think that villains, especially like in these big mythical like stories, having motivation is overrated. Mm, I don't think I like, like that. This is this is good. I like, like this. Like, I feel like uh, the perfect example, I brought him up earlier, but like the Joker. It's yeah. Like, I don't need to know why the Joker is crazy. Like there is in the world, there's not a reason that necessarily that somebody is evil and that's what makes evil so scary is that you can't like pin it down to be like this was the cause of somebody being just like truly evil yeah and so i don't need my villains to be like to have an elaborate backstory or be sympathetic i can totally buy that uh davros just hates you like the time lords and just wants to wipe it out of existence because that's just his thing yeah, and if you want to know more about the Joker's past, check out the Joker <laughs> walking. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's a, that's really cool. But so, do you know? Are you guys aware of uh uh the oh what's this complex called? But it's, there's a book about it called um I wear the black hat, and it's a it's it's about like the it starts off it talks about how it's, it's all about villains, and it talks about how like the scariest villain is the one that t- the guy the mustache guy ties girls to the train tracks. It's like why does he do it? He just does it, right? And, like, yeah, that's what's scary. It's like yeah. scarier because there's is no motive. Like he just does it, you know. Like, and I think that's a bit like, yeah, because you can't prevent that type of evil. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's probably why like we like like Joker, and that's why we like that's why probably like Davros because we just know the Doctor's good. Like, you know, uh, Davros is bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I really think that's part of the problem with the Star Wars prequels mm-hmm. is like that same sort of thing where it's just like I don't really need to know why Darth Vader. 
Cozy, became this is very interesting. Darth Vader. Yeah. Like, that's not that interesting to Well, me. so here's where I'm going to challenge you on this. Okay. Because so, Darth Vader won last week. He's our first villain to, like, really move forward. And a lot of times villains... Well, I wasn't here. What? No, no, no. But So a lot of times villains don't move forward because... As a character, they're not really characters. They're set pieces for the other characters mm-hmm. stacked around them. But in many ways, Darth Vader is the hero of Star Wars. He is the char- He's the one who stops the Emperor. He's the one who like motivated Luke. He's the one who like put a lot of pieces in yeah, place. He's the like, one who brought balance to the Force. Like he did exactly what Qui Gon said he was going to do. How did he bring balance well, to the Force? Well, he hasn't exactly. yet. He's going. I've, to. I've always wondered this. They're like, oh, he's the, he's like the chosen one. He's the one who will bring balance to the Force. In what way? He's going to come back as a force the, ghost, and he's, he's going to kill the Emperor in the next movie, and it's going to be awesome. If we disregard the new movies that throw this whole thing off, okay. uh, I love the new movies, but it throws this this argument off, uh, <laughs> is that if you look at the prequels, right, there was too much, like, the, there was started to be corruption in, like, the Jedi Order. There was too much light to, like, it, it led to, like, corruption inside within, like, the, the barracks of the Jedi Order. Okay. And, like, you know, and so because of that, he started like that's why the empire was born to like kind of i don't know oh so you're saying like that uh like the the entire universe has to have like the balance of both and he was the one that kind of like brought at the end the dark side closer to the light and then like but the light side also closer to the dark yeah okay interesting yeah yeah all right i buy that yeah yeah but i mean (laughs) also the and the thing about this competition is it's not necessarily about like which character was the best in their story, but it's like also deconstructing them as characters, which means like, oh, are they like a thinking, breathing character? Do they ever challenge themselves? Do they ever change their like? So Darth Vader is actually a great character for that because, especially now with Anakin Skywalker, things like that, like you can really, it feels like a real person. Where it's Thanos, like there's only I think glimpses of that, and and that's not even like in the comics. There's some of it, but the movies like nailed it in only like one or two scenes where I was like, oh, I cared about the character. And I was like, when you saw him with baby Gamora, and then I think when he like died, I think when the first time he died, not past Thanos that goes to the future, but when he dies uh, and Thor kills him, you see like how destroyed he is. And he was just like, no, this was like my life's work. This was all I cared about. I didn't actually just want to bring pain to the world. Like he really believed what he was doing. And so then he was like, I'm going to destroy the infinity stones even if that destroys myself that's kind of scary it. man that's uh that's scary yeah i don't want to get political but i'm thinking political you know what i'm saying where it's like when people are so like it's like their way and they see it as like the only right way right uh spooky yeah scary spooky. monsters are ones that think they're doing a good job sometimes <laughs> no totally um and i i do think you're right for as much as i was saying that like oh he's very one-dimensional i do think the best moments uh the parts that i enjoyed of him the most in the films was when he was reflecting off of other characters. So his time with Gamora, right? Because even though I didn't care about him that much, I do like Gamora a lot as a character. And so seeing that, like the interplay between the two of them was definitely the most like compelling part of that. I like that. I really enjoyed seeing the moment. Like I wanted a little bit more of it from Endgame, but like we, he didn't know him in Endgame. But I love the moments with Tony Stark when he's like talking to Stark, like, you know, like, like people hope people remember you and like, you know, we're like they're very similar. I like seeing, I love seeing that kind of building. You know, I want more of that. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so one thing I want to bring up that you might not be aware of with Davros is he was actually so he was on a battlefield as a boy and yes. he was going to die, and he was surrounded by these like hands, hands these yeah, hand these things. hands, these like this creepy like alien sort of entity, and they would like reach out of the ground and they're basically he was surrounded. And who saved this boy? It was basically hand sand. It was like hand sand. You know? Oh. Yeah. The doctor. The doctor saved mm. baby Davros. That was Peter Capaldi's, one of his last episodes. Yes. Yeah. And so Davros then becomes, like, he, he goes into what I would call, like, Hitler youth, in a way. Um, gets inducted by them, and then he becomes a scientist, and then he's going to die. So they put him in this sort of life support system, and then he chooses to not die instead and, like, climbs up the ranks so he basically gets saved from this terrible fate to just go to another tortured and terrible fate and so it's like davros is sort of meant to be the result of like just an awful universe and so he had a lifetime of pain inflicted on him and so now he just wants to return that to the universe that he feels dealt him 
the same pain. So that's sort of his motivation. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that was a great episode. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's, I, thanks for bringing that up. It's it's I think the thing that makes his character interesting because without that, without knowing any of that stuff about him before, then he is just a part of the environment. So is part of his resentment towards like the doc, the Time Lords the fact that he was saved by them instead of just letting like he wish he would have just died or no that's not like, part of it i don't remember that conversation they have but they because well, they talk about yeah. it in that episode and some of that stuff like when he when you find out about his past also comes up like way back like early series doctor who stuff yeah. and so like with that i didn't even see those episodes but you know i just read up about well, them we yeah, do know, yeah but we like we do know though that him surviving he he does see all these he goes he, he has a terrible life yeah. You know, he is in the war with his people against the Thals, and they, they fight for thousands of years, you yes. know, and they it's constantly like, And they fight against, and, like, the Time Lords. And like, yeah. they resent their technology, yeah. and they're, they, like, a lot of people don't like the Time Lords because of they're, the way that they manipulate time. And they're a little, like, <laughs> they're a little snobby. Yeah, a well, little yeah. bit. Little, well, because yeah. it's like, who yeah. gives you the right? Right. Yeah. You know? And it's so, um, there there's, there's sort of a balance that Davros, I think, believes he's returning to the world but it's like if you don't like fascism then davros is a great <laughs> character because it's like this is what you get from fascism is you get a monster like he's a character that was created by the thing that he hated like as a boy he was getting killed by enemies that were basically a part of a fascist war then gets inducted by those people they turn him into the evil kind of creature that he wanted to that he hated as a child and now he's just doing that to everyone else i mean that kind of sold me that's a that's an interesting arc to me i think so too man i love that i like davros is a great character i think i think he's a better character and i think you know we could talk more about like his personality and his cleverness because um thanos i think is really smart and clever as well but i would never give thanos in like if like we have a lot of categories sometimes we go to if we're like yeah if we're like you know let's just like break them down but like a lot of people might argue, well, Thanos is so smart. He pulled off this whole plan and everything. It's like, is he? Like, he gave Loki an Infinity Stone. Loki turned against him. Also, like, he wants to save the universe by destroying half of it instead of just doubling the resource. Like, what is? what does he think? Like, he's not actually a smart person. I also think that, I mean, because obviously Thanos is, like, has hyper strength. And I think oh, there yeah. is something, oh, yeah. like, really interesting to the um, uh, character that, like, has to use their guess, intelligence, you know, instead. Yeah. He is very strong. Eh, probably I mean, using some sort of enhancement. You know? Well, I think it's just like he's he was a titan. I guess was oh, the idea. Yeah. Like yeah. those guys were just strong. I you know I actually feel I thought this was gonna be harder, but I feel pretty confident. Yeah, I I do too. We usually end up having to get into those categories, but I don't feel like we need to. Yeah, yeah. I I I I'm feeling. I do we vote? I I vote for Davros. If Davros. We're yeah, I vote yeah. For Davros yeah. Too. yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, Thanos. Uh, Looks here comes Davros coming for the head. Uh. <laughs> Destiny comes all the same. <laughs> Ooh, oh, there we go. That was the quote. That was the quote. Uh, we're in the end game now. Yeah. No, he doesn't say that. I mean, we <laughs> we are in the end game now. This is the last round. This is it. This I is am, the final I, round. I am Iron Man. Is that what we're doing? Is that? <laughs> so Davros is moving on, y'all. That was crazy. Okay, that was, I'm, I'm really happy. This is a great discussion. People are gonna I'm be mad. People, people are people gonna, gonna be mad. <laughs> <laughs> Davros move on uh, Whovians will be very happy but let's move on to our next fight coming up next right now in about 10 seconds after we explain this we have first up did you forget do you want me to do it no I remember okay you know you know him as multiple names John Spartan 117 or Master Chief oh yeah I did forget for a second <laughs> I we so we've had a lot of video game characters come on and they often don't make it very far because um, they're, they're meant to be like a, an avatar for you and your experience. And so a lot of them don't have a fleshed out character story. But he is one of the fortunate people that has also so many like there are animated things. Mm -hmm. There are books. And then just in the story itself, like they really wrote like a lot of character information in those games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got to be honest. I'm a little bit surprised that Master Chief made it this far well this is the first round oh okay like then. all of these characters <laughs> then i'm surprised then i'm not surprised all these characters this is the first round then this for makes all total sense <laughs> yeah yeah oh i think you're gonna be surprised with his character arc okay i think you're gonna be surprised with his character have you played arc. halo uh i have played halo um i played the first halo 
I mean, basically, I have played the first three Halos. Yeah. Yeah. I played the first three Halos. I would tell you that Halo 3 is probably where they really got into, like, making his character interesting. But Halo 4 is, like, the thing where, like, he felt like a living, breathing video Mm, game character that was, like, not just, he's a space marine. Yeah. Um, So we're definitely going to talk about that because that is the best argument I'm going to be able to make for him. But. Oh, watch out. We also have our final character drawn do, for the season. Do, do, do. The Slayer herself. Do, 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 do. A teenage miscreant. Ba-na-na-na, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow! <laughs> yeah, dude. Buffy feels unbeatable to me. I'm just going to be honest. She's, she's a phenomenal character. Yeah. She's so good, man. Yeah. yeah. She's like, the, the, like one of the OG, like, you know, like a BA, uh, like female characters yeah absolutely yeah i mean she's definitely she's up there this i feel like any argument that you have for like the well-roundedness of master chief as a character yeah will be followed up with yeah but buffy well okay but so the problem with that is because this is where we got into stuff with batman like when we did batman v thor and then Mm -hmm. batman v todoroki yeah is so like when you want to break down what the characters are we don't we don't work on like a weighted system so, like, even if, like, she's, like, the best at a couple of things, and then it's like, well, is she actually interesting for these other things? Or was it actually just the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer that's so incredible, but on her own, mm, how good is the character of Buffy? I hear you on that. I'm not saying that that's not the that, case. I'm not saying Buffy's, Buffy's amazing. Buffy's far more interesting than Batman, in my opinion. Like, Oh, yes. yes. She actually, she's not holding on. She's not. She's actually moving forward and adapting where Batman is always going to go back to his parents gun down in an alley. Big time. Like, she grows, and we see that growth throughout the whole series, man. Big time. Oh. Where do we even start? Uh, so, starting out, I mean, let's just consider the two characters – both this, are, yeah. This is a little tough. So, like, we don't we don't ever want to be in a place where we're splitting hair. So, if we're if there's something where you're like, oh, which character is more X, and it's like, well, they're both so important when it sure. comes to that thing, then it's like, okay, well, this one's worth ten dollars and this one's worth nine. It's like we're whatever. Like yeah. we just throw that out the window. But throw I, it out. I would say Buffy's a more original character than Master sure. Chief. Master Chief has an original, interesting story, and it feels authentic, but it, there have been many space marines that came before him, and I can't think of a character very similar to Buffy that came before her. Yeah, I think um, for as compelling as like Master Chief's story may be or become, I think he's always going to be a, a little bit of a handicap just because he d- his, or- his origin is that place of kind of just like blank avatar space marine like you mentioned you know video game characters don't make it that that far very often because they are meant to be an avatar for the players and if you um it's only in the last couple of games that the people who are making halo games are talking about trying to make him more compelling originally they really were like you're never he doesn't have a personality he's a blank slate yeah that's definitely the first game and even some of the second onto him that's so warhammer 40k you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so like and they're space marines they have three hearts and they can breathe underwater and, and it's, like, i mean honestly like uh uh i was gonna call him space marine but yeah honestly master chief to me kind of represents a lot of like the um like aggro male with a gun energy that I just don't find that interesting, even if you put that in a wrapping of, you know, some greater backstory. I, I hear that. Oh. And I can I can see where people can where that comes across. And if you didn't like I feel like if you didn't finish the games or anything, like it comes off that way for sure. I think he's actually a lot softer than, oh, yeah. you, than you think. Big like, time. He's actually very emotional uh and and he's just he's just tired, man. Yes. And I, I, I that's, that's what that's what I love about yes. him. Because he has that front where he's like like you know, every trailer you see it's like, We gotta finish the fight, you know? <laughs> like it's every single trailer. Uh but before he like jumps don't let out the marketing by, fool uh, you. spaceship to like a guitar riff. Sponsored by Dr. Pepper. It is very much easier. Let me let me tell you this about Chief. Because so yes, he started out uh, so first of all, the Spartans are super soldiers, which means they're genetically modified humans. Yeah, when you read some of like the descriptions of him, you know he's like six foot four, two hundred and thirty six. Oh, I think he's like seven foot, and he's like completely <laughs> yeah. pale because he's never outside of his suit or something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> they he's, were taking his kids dude. though, man. 
So the Spartan program, they're taking it as like, I think they were eight, right? Yeah, they take them as children. I read the one of the yeah. books and it was kind of sad. Yeah, it's it's not a happy he like had a friend story. And like, yeah, he gets like taken away from the friend and stuff. And I mean, I so know, it was sad. The thing about him though is, unlike you know the Doom guy or something, is he has a sense of like obvious selflessness. <laughs> the Doom, guy. but he also, I mean, that's like that is <laughs> that's like so you know, true. like it's like we're not talking about Duke Nukem. Yeah, he yeah. actually like had more of a personality. So like in. In some of the games, like for instance, he he teams up with the Arbiter, who is an enemy. He's yeah, a part of the Covenant, but he has defected. And anyone else, like any just soldier, would be like, "Oh, enemy, kill him!" And like he's like, he reasons with him, he talks with him, and then he works with him. Yeah, which then also like helps build a bridge to like create a faction of the Covenant who will then work with the humans so that they can then create a peace accord. Like. He wants peace. He doesn't want a war, and he is not interested in just killing all the enemies. He just wants to stop having his people be killed, and he actually wants to save... He's more interested in saving people than killing his enemy, mm-hmm. which I think makes him a compelling hero. Sure. Bad heroes like Doom Guy just want to kill their enemies. Yeah. Like, it's like, at that point, it's, it's like, yeah. who's the who's the good guy here, right? Which is what I say about Mario. I'm like, yeah, I know she's trying to save the princess, but does he have to commit genocide along the way? I don't think so. So it's like, <laughs> it's a little interesting. <laughs> Um, That's a good point. You know, you know, I just, Mark, I don't know if you know this, but Bowser made it to the finals last season. That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah, this season. This season, he made it to. Oh, the was the season? Yeah. Actually, the... NPCs have had a lot better luck than they player have. characters. Oh, really? Because yeah. uh, oh, sure. Because the, the they have just more personality. By right. The, yeah. yeah Bowser's a great parent figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really is. The finals of this division right now have Zelda in it. Yes. So Zelda right now is one of the final contenders for this division. So, but so an interesting thing about Master Chief is he has an AI assistant Cortana who the AIs eventually go rampant and then so they just like delete them and he has like a really strong personal relationship with Cortana and so he doesn't want them to take her and so a lot of the fourth game is about her sort of breaking down and it's like her mental state is breaking down. And so there's like they definitely do a lot of clever, interesting things with it. And you like hear and see how it affects him. And like he's always like very self-sacrificing. And so then like there's a moment where she ends up saving him and like he's just like really beat up and broken from it because now she's gone and he doesn't have her and he couldn't save her and like that's everything he wanted and at the end of the game they actually take his helmet off and you see his eyes and they're like teary and like he looks very tired and exhausted so there is a lot about him and about his journey that i think um is compelling but again we should talk a little bit about what makes buffy great because if she's going to eliminate him from the game at least now we've talked about what makes him such a good interesting mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. so we should talk about like what's so amazing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer because there's a lot yeah so i you know before we get into use this as like a negative against her right well the let's whole, talk positive chosen, first yeah i know what i'm saying i'm saying like <laughs> like she, i think she to, like she's technically like a chosen one you know she's like a, oh, a slayer yes. but i think she doesn't fall into like that trope of it yes you know she's not just like because usually the chosen one is usually just like perfect or like, you know, there's not really any flaws or anything, but Buffy struggles with that. You know, she's tr- like, she's a high schooler who like, she doesn't like, she wants to live a normal life. You know, she doesn't want to accept it and stuff. And, and she finds that she's like, you know, she thought she had to take it all on herself. She learned to open up and like be with her, like open up to her friends and Giles and stuff. And like through it, she found that there was strength with amongst her friends and that made her stronger. Uh, and I, I don't think she falls into that. Like, Chosen one category, personally. Right. Like, I no, I, I think you're definitely right that she is the chosen one in the sense of, like, that classical, right? Like, uh, our hero gets the call to action, is reluctant, yeah. you know, like, there's something that forces them into it. Like, she definitely feel, uh, falls into that. But that's just kind of, like, classic storytelling. I mean, honestly, the thing that I like about Buffy as a character and about, like, the world of F- Buffy the Vampire Slayer so much is because... Um, it's set in like a high school and just yes, like a, yeah. the normal world. Like all of those characters, including Buffy herself, which is sometimes really difficult for that like chosen one character, is so relatable. Yeah, because um, I feel like that's yeah. something you don't really get a lot. Uh, going back to Star Wars, like Luke Skywalker is, um, you know, you like Luke Skywalker, but he's not particularly in the first movie. Like interesting or relatable oh, he's so or, whiny he's like so whiny and you know a lot of stuff happens to him yeah. and um and he's just kind of there as the audience avatar to be like what's going on but i wanted to go to taji station <laughs> <laughs> but like i feel like uh buffy 
especially like because we had so many years with her as a character like was really so relatable and multifaceted and in a way that I, just like other characters like master chief like you just can't compete with that right she has the benefit of like what was it like six seven or something whatever seven like, seasons no six seasons and comic books yeah of yeah. like just like hours of yeah. you know like over a hundred so, hours spent right. on this character now so this is an interesting point you bring up because we've something we've struggled with and we've sort of come to an understanding with now is some characters specifically also if you look at like a comic book character there's just so much that it's almost unfair to compete them against someone that's in a single book but there shouldn't be a reason that you can't make like one of the best fictional characters of all time just because they're in a single piece of work so be- if you are in an ongoing series it's like the expectation is that you better be well-rounded because if you're not then like you're not doing actually like you're, you're doing very poorly so i think because she's multifaceted although that is a point in her favor it's also like an expectation for her character whereas if you look at a character that's in only one or two pieces of work it's like well look how much they were able to fit into this small window into this character because that leaves you wanting more whereas like with buffy we know so much about her that it's like well we have such a strong understanding about what this character is it's like anything we don't know or understand or anything that seems like not good it's like well that's a weird sort of missing point after six years of content like how do we not how do we not know like what this character like does for fun like how do we not know i'm not saying buffy has that problem but she likes to dance yeah it's a double-edged sword it's a a double-edged sword because it can only give you so many points you know yeah no i mean i i think that's fair so is the and are you saying that like we have to grade master chief on a curve because like the experience you have with master chief is different from like the experience you have with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. In a way, yeah. Because the expectation for someone that appears in two works is, it's like, look at how much we know about this character versus like, well, if there are questions, it's like, why are there still questions about this character? Like, I should know everything about this character after six years. Well, but see, I, I don't entirely agree with that because I think that even in like a tv series that runs for so long mm-hmm. it is still telling one particular story with one particular like point of view well, I mean about their or like one particular not goal. like their history right but, but that's what i'm saying like you know like if if everything is in service of that story there might be facets of their life that you might consider like a plot hole but it's just not relevant oh. to like what is trying to be told but see then then you have to wonder then is there a way that this that it's most likely then you have to question like can this character actually be that dynamic? Because it's like, do they actually have a real character? Or if everything that character's doing is in service of a larger story they're telling and not the story of that character, it's like, well, then is the character actually like a living, breathing character or are they just a set piece for the larger story they're trying to tell? So it's like sometimes these characters feel like more like a product of their environment than a character that's like living in that environment. So it's like, and again, I don't think Buffy has this problem. Like we have something we talk about a lot is like, which character do you want to get a beer with? Or who do you want to hang out with? And that just means like, Oh guys, that's how George W. Bush became president. (laughs) That's not always the best litmus test. Which is why we put it on there. But it's more about a question of like, which of these characters do you feel like when they're not in whatever escalated issue or problem they're in, who would, who, who has something interesting to do or who, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Like, uh, I, I think that does come down to that, like, to me, at the core of that is a, like, relatability factor. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like, who are you going to have something to talk who about? Who can with? empathize yeah. with? Yeah. And, like, I, I, I still think, like, Buffy is, like, she more, has that. way more relatable. She absolutely and, like, has that. And, like, just seeing her growth from, you know, teenager to, like, a young woman, like, is, we, we're on that journey with her and she doesn't stay stagnant. Like, she doesn't have, like, an Ash Ketchum syndrome where, like, he stays you know, the same because of his age. Like she actually grows up, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, I just think like, like just her journey is, it's just, it's so, I feel like even though the environment that she does happen to be around, like, you know, like heaven and hell and stuff like that. And like yeah. you know, season four, like that, that's you know, the sacrifice and all that is magnet, like magnified. I still think at the end of the day, it's coming down to like how personable she is with like, as a person, like, and how she has grown as a person. Yeah. And I find that like, I don't know. And I, really. I yeah, and I uh, to your point, I think one of the things that is almost like unfair in this conversation because um Buffy has the benefit of being around other dynamic characters that she can reflect off of whereas Master Chief like uh because he, you know, is a bit of a player avatar and yeah, he has like Cortana 
Um, but he doesn't really have other characters that he can like bounce off of. And we get to see uh, such like a wide range of like aspects of sure. one person's yeah. life. It's, right? all, it's like a disadvantage because we because he has a you know like because he we we do see him interact, but like he's we he and he see we see those. I I, th- I think he has relatable moments, right? You know, because he, he's still human he is a spartan but i love uh, what i love about master chief is that because he even though he is a spartan he's like the most human of like the spartans you know what i mean he hasn't lost his humanity uh and those moments can come out you know later when we get into those things with cortana and when we get into like just later on in the games you know yeah exactly and so i think they do a good job with master chief in those aspects and i think master chief has the capability to win matches but I don't think he can beat Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think I think that's like that's the thing that yeah, it's a bad pool. It's, it's well, a, yeah, yeah, it's a well, bad match for him because like Master Chief, um, we know that he has he's like he's like when you saw growing up, you saw your teacher at the grocery store, and you were like, wait a second, what are you doing here? Right, you have a life outside of school. <laughs> that's what it's like with Master Chief. If you saw him at the grocery store, you'd be like, yeah. wait a second. But if you saw Buffy at the grocery store, you'd be like, oh yeah, of course, of course, you have to go like grocery shopping. Oh, that's right. a good way of putting. Well, and that's it. it's like. Master Chief, when he puts takes his suit off finally, it's like his story is done. There's not an interesting story for him left, and it, like there isn't. That's just not what his character is built for. His yeah. character is built to service the story. Whereas Buffy the Vampire Slayer, her story is the one that's like being serviced. It's sort of the opposite. It's like you can have Halo games without Master Chief having. You can't do Buffy the Vampire Slayer without Buffy. You can tell other stories in that world, but it it's not um, replaceable in a lot of the same ways. And like, there's like on our list, there's only like, like I can only really see one thing he would win in, and that's a fight. Like the only thing I think he could beat her in is a fight, which he would. Like she's a good fighter, but you know, does she have like all of her friends with her? No, no, no. <laughs> so, so, so we usually give them fair shot so it's like let's say they each had a fight in their own game world okay. and then let's just say they're put in a cage with whatever their best abilities are but like they don't have any assistance from outside does of master the cage. chief have a weapon he's got his, he has a power suit oh okay which yeah. like i mean that can take like a sniper shot before he even gets hurt yeah so, okay that's fair yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's like he's got to get one point here and that's the only place it's gonna be <laughs> yeah it's definitely not the ship ability she's oh, she's, she's got so a shippable ship factor than he uh is. are you guys angel or spike oh um i think spike uh although i love angel in angel been in angel yeah i don't really care about him that much he's in too buffy. tall dark and brooding like in the in buffy he's very moody very wb i <laughs> feel like everyone says spike but if it was real life no one would say spike i think everyone likes uh, spike that's a good they point. like a bad boy but then actually no one would actually want spike like spike's like like anyone that's tried to kill you <laughs> <laughs> okay you know? that's fair that's so fair. I'm, I'm definitely an angel guy myself but yeah that's just me yeah, I understand the arguments for Spike. I'm sure. I bet Omar and Kelly and other guests that we've had on here are all gonna tell me I'm wrong. But I'm an angel guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are we calling that one? Yeah, we should call it. All right. Well, Master Chief, thank you for your service again. That Pelican, fly away. Oh no, a Banshee! Oh no, the Pelican's going down. Oh, and she's gone. Finish the fight. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> and so Buffy's moving on to our final round. This feels right to me. This feels, yeah, yeah it's it feels good. right. Yeah. It's definitely right. But, it, you know, and I mean, I, the way you came in here and you said, like, come on, it's Buffy. And I totally agree with that. And that's sort of how I feel going into the matches. But when I do feel that way, what I want to do is try and, like, find a way where that's not the case. Because if you can't, then the answer is so it's – like, it's like I have tried to figure out if Master Chief is actually better than I, I can't figure out how to do that. There is no way in this world – Master Chief is a better character than Buffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go on. Let's do our final round, man. Let's see who's going to go up against uh, who's going to win this. Let's see who's going to the finals. So this is going to be tough. You're going to have to try and ask us questions since you don't know about Davros. Right. We're going to have to. We're going to have to fight for him. Now, I brought up the fact that he's sort of like a Buffy villain, and I think I like want to keep on with that. That he's so he's really clever. He's even tricked the Doctor into like giving him his regenerative power yeah. to like rebuild his body and stay that was alive also longer. in that last episode that we were just talking about uh-huh <laughs> which he then used to like rebuild the daleks like so it's um he he's definitely one of the most intelligent and menacing villains in the doctor who series other than maybe the master like the master's an evil time lord basically the evil doctor 
Um, although I think Davros is a more evil villain. Yeah, because, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, the Master's just a wounded kid, you know? Yeah, and the Master's always like weird too. There's always like songs or something in the Master episodes. Or, yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> it's true. They get strange. But um, Davros kind of looks like, you know that Davros kind of looks like a Buffy villain too? Oh, yeah. Like the makeup and stuff? Oh, yeah, like all the prosthetics? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Great. like a slash between like a Star Trek villain, but a little too goofy for Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. I can't wait for Picard. Um, <laughs> so well, who would you say the best villain in Buffy is? Who is the most compelling evil villain? And not like in a, like Spike was a bad guy and then he's a good guy. and But like he was his a good motivations villain. are always. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel uh, like, yeah, I, I don't. No, because usually my go-to answer would be like Spike, because he has that Joker factor, yeah. where you know he's um, an anarchist. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You know, and like, but he's still he's like charismatic and funny, but yeah. also like menacing. Um, Do you like and like, like him hard at the to same beat time? That combination. Yeah, yeah. Do you exactly. think he's chaotic neutral, Spike? No, I think he's. Uh, I, Actually, yeah, maybe. I was gonna say I don't know yeah. that he is chaotic. I mean, I guess you'd have to say he's chaotic evil. Yeah, he is yeah. chaotic evil. Yeah. Until he turns into Maybe leaf, he but... dips into chaotic neutral. Oh, I think that's definitely that's, true. That's so true. You know? Yeah, I don't think he goes it's chaotic good. Yeah. I think he's still neutral. It's you not know? a... But I would agree so that Spike, white. before he goes good, is like a great villain. Yeah. So he's that's, a great big bad. That's sort of like... It's sort of the opposite, though, between then, like, Davros. Whereas Davros starts out as, like, a good kid, and then someone who's, like, tortured and manipulated, and then becomes this great evil. But he actually is, even though he's, like, a hideous monstrosity... Um, depending on the depiction of him. There's also, like, old depictions of him, like, from way back when, where he has, like, a big plastic helmet on, and it looks like, almost like the kind of things, like, the the rebels had when <laughs> when they first get docked nice. by the Star Destroyer. Like, so they look really silly. He doesn't actually look that scary in that. Um, but he, uh, he's charismatic at times, because when he talks to the Doctor, he's not, he doesn't just roll in and, um... Uh, sorry, I'm not trying to be offensive when I say roll in. <laughs> I wasn't being oh, literal, but <laughs> I didn't think about it. I when you said that, I in my head, I literally thought he like did a somersault. You know, <laughs> I'm like, why would he do that? But I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he actually he does a lot of talking, and it's not just like exterminate like the rest of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Like he has twisted monologues. He has like crazy motivations. He loves to watch he wants to make the doctor suffer too like a lot of great villains you know he loves a good monologue and he's he is like the creator of the doll oh yes. is that yeah. right yeah oh yeah. yes yeah which is pretty bad it's pretty that is pretty, pretty bad. spooky yeah because pretty... well a lot of bad guys i mean and, and this is the thing that maybe thanos had going for him too is like a lot of great mastermind bad guys find ways to make other people their villains so that they can then like revel in the destruction because if he's not the one doing it then he's not necessarily at risk most of the time right so yeah. he gets to force other people to do bad things so then he gets that like double enjoyment in his sick twisted head of like oh i created an evil creature who is like tormented and suffering and he's inflicting that on other people and i get to just like let this wash over me like i think he would be a difficult fight for buffy like i think buffy never like she went up a lot of, against a lot of bad guys but I don't know if she went up against anyone as competent as Davros. Or, like, seemingly, like, uh, conniving. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because, like, a lot of, uh, very few of Buffy's villains, I mean, he almost sounds like a Doctor Who, you know, like, Batman, basically. Where, yeah. you know, it's all about planning and very, like, meticulously setting up these uh, dominoes that you can later knock down to, like, destroy people's lives and like buffy never had she rarely went up against yeah characters like that definitely i think she would have a hard time especially if if, if i mean i mean even without her especially without her friends you know what i mean i don't know i think that it'd be really tough well because she's also de- dealing with like super the supernatural all the right. time yeah and so uh she's never had to deal with something where that is just like an un- a force of unstoppable like killing yes yeah Exactly. Yeah, it's a different it's a different power scale. It's escalated at a different level. Now, um Buffy, a lot of her villains, a lot of things that she goes up against cuz this is a good point you just made about how she like she hasn't gone against someone that's planned. It's nothing that's like long term where you're building towards it where they're doing a new Buffy, right? They are. I feel like that's something you'll see nowadays because that might even more be a result of the time in which the show came out where it was monster of the week. 
you know, and now with everything being serialized and you know, like, they can set up long-term story arcs. I don't know, though. CW's still doing Monster of the Week. Yeah, but... You guys I watch think, Flash and Arrow? That's literally... <laughs> I think that's you can do that while also building to, like, a bigger story. Oh, no, they do that, but it's like, well, this is lame. Oh, And man. then they'll have episodes where it's like, like, we got him! And it's like, no, Flash. I'm like, no! Like, come on! It's real dumb. Anyways, <laughs> but, but I love that show, but it's dumb. The Monsters of the Week, a lot of the times the story she goes through, though, I think the reason that it's like that and it's so chaotic in her world it's just like you never know what's coming next is a lot of it's meant to be a metaphor for life as a teenager and specifically yeah. also life as a woman, woman as a teenager and so it's just like things are all over the place things are crazy and you have they they find a lot of good ways to do metaphors about like sex and about uh being oppressed and about not being taken seriously and uh just inequality and so her story i think delivers although like it's it's a different message like the villain she goes up against so i'm trying to figure out like doctor who the show actually does a really good job of telling a lot of similar metaphorical stories as buffy but the doctor is the one who does that stuff not davros davros is sort of just like as you said like a force yeah it's like an unstoppable force it's almost like like a hurricane um how much of a character is that like i wouldn't get a beer with Davros, <laughs> I wouldn't get a beer with Davros. He, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> uh, not not really one you want to like hang out with for a good time. Yeah, yeah, and I I don't know, man. Like, even uh, like I think Buffy is like even like a outside of their worlds. Yeah, right. Like in our world is much more like reputable. Yeah, than Davros. Well, see, I think that's I think I think we should just go to our list because we haven't used a list today. And since Davros won the match, I think let's just go through the list. And I, say, I, I, I will say one more thing before we get to the list is that Buffy, uh, like, honestly, probably not that fun to hang out with. Um, and part of oh, that, oh, that's yeah. if you're not in her inner circle, like, because oh, yeah. the whole, like, dynamic of the show is that she is, like, an outcast. You're not, you know, like, she's not, like, popular or, like, hip or anything. And um, she's very involved in that world. So if you're not part of her core group, she's not going to really have time for you. You're either right? Scooby Gang or you're out. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I that's a that's a good point. That's a very good point. So okay, Dallas, so, so like Davros will want to like exterminate you possibly, but you're not a Time Lord, so <laughs> yeah. like you know, yeah, nothing to worry about. <laughs> that's a great he might point. be a good hey. He might tell you stories like of his times, like on the beaches of Skyro, they were beautiful, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. And, like I want to know about these hands that were, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. And also, if if you were wiped out of existence, you wouldn't mind. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. It's a great point. Wow, this is a great point. Okay, that's a great, so, so that's getting, a really good point, Mark. Who, which of these characters <laughs> do you want to get a beer with? Null and void for this round. <laughs> <laughs> right? I think the answer weirdly is neither. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Um, okay. Well, so this first one, this one I think is clear. Cultural impact. That's got to go to Buffy. Yeah, like, I think, Buffy yeah, I think world, for sure. Bigger yeah. cultural impact. Yeah, man. Um, if it was the doctor, I would say it's a coin toss. Should, like the doctor yeah that, but i think that's fair especially if you're considering like what people today because we are all of a similar age right and so we're like have a familiarity with buffy that buffy i don't think is really relevant to um kids ki yeah or anybody that's like yeah. 10 years younger than us right. yeah yeah right but yeah. it she did influence a lot of creators after the fact for sure which is also like why the doctor has such a big cultural impact because even if people haven't watched doctor who it's like, guess what? You know how many things the doctor <laughs> did that everyone that like writes sci-fi today has influenced? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's got to go to Buffy. Um, so that's definitely going to go to Buffy. Fictional impact. So this is the impact within their universe. I actually, this, I got a hint. Look, Buffy's important and she's really smart and she stopped a lot of evil things, but she's not the only Slayer. There have been Slayers before her. There'll be Slayers after her. There's only one creator of the Daleks. I, I do think that, I also I would I would agree that's fair that uh you know Davros is a has a bigger in world impact you know what I mean like yeah, yeah whole, that makes total sense creating to me. a whole other species that's a formidable foe. it's also just like the stakes are so much bigger yeah. for the stuff that Davros yeah. is doing you know like Buffy's dealing with like Hellmouths and all that kind of stuff but it never the stakes never feel that big it always right. feels very local yeah 
Yeah. And I think the fact that there are other, like, there are other Slayers. There's not one Slayer. There's right. a, I mean, in the first season, you see her with a dummy. Right. And the dummy's like, I thought I, you were, I was a Slayer just like you. you yeah. <laughs> and so I think that alone is like, and that actually helps her, though, with the whole Chosen One It does. Exactly. It's like, she's not actually the Chosen One. Yeah. She's just, she's there, a part the, of. And there will be another after her, right. and yeah, yeah, exactly. She's she's you know like my hero, Academia. like Deku. Yeah, I, I was just thinking oh, that, man. Christian. I love that show. Do you watch that show? <laughs> what show? My Hero Academia. Oh no, I don't. Oh, I think you'd do love you it. Watch man. anime? I do. I do watch anime. You need, you to, need watch to watch this, this show, show dude. <laughs> it, it's now. Oh. It is my favorite anime of all time. It has eclipsed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every anime I've watched before. of all time. Yeah, and it, I even like it more than X Men. I think it's the best version of mutants ever created. And I love. I mean, I'm a sucker for a good, like, oh, this kid's going, like, these people are going to, like, whatever school, school, magic school, (laughs) hero school. I eat that stuff up. Dude, check it out. It's on Hulu now. Oh, nice. People love school once they're not in it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, man, that's so true. (laughs) Dang. That's because because when you were a kid, like, you didn't have to worry about anything. Uh, Yeah. Right? And so it was the perfect time. Yeah. In hindsight. At the time, you didn't. Man, I wish I could just take take a test and... Not have to worry about <laughs> homework. Yeah. Sounds so awesome now. It's, it was so easy. What were we complaining about? I mean, b- but honestly, you could not pay me enough money to have to be twelve years old again. Yeah, that's true. I would. That's fair. What a nightmare give me, time. Like, give me, uh, I give me a day as a twelve year old. Where's that movie? Where's that? Where Thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> no, he goes. But, she, okay, he turns. She turns. I don't remember. Would you? Would you? <laughs> oh, right. Freaky would Friday. you have your like? Would you have your current knowledge and mindset? in the body of a 12 year old or would you just like go back to being 12 for a day not knowing what you know now having no future uh knowledge of the future man i would want to not have the knowledge of the future i think i want to be pure and innocent for a day oh but then you, you wouldn't know? even remember it though like and then, then you would then, then you would just be like in the treasury of being 12 years old again oh, yeah crazy. you wouldn't be able to exp- like i guess i'd have to appreciate it, it. but you know what if, if i had my memories Right, and I went back to the body of a twelve-year-old. I, I would, I would feel like this is wrong. Like I know I'm like, I'm, I know I'm like twenty-seven, and I'm like trying to. I'm like, what am I doing in this preschool? You know, like what am I doing Wait, here? You're still in preschool. Yeah, as a twelve-year-old, oh, sorry, you might not twelve-year-old. Be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> what am I doing in this middle school? You know, right. like, no, like that is a good question. What are you doing <laughs> in that preschool? You know what I mean? Like no, you know, completely. I couldn't consciously <laughs> do that. Like you know what? No, now we're going on a little rant. I have to finish this. I'm sorry. That's the biggest digression we've ever had. On. <laughs> well, like, like if. Like there's shows where like that happens where it's like it's like oh we gotta send you to school because you can't get caught but like no this person like you kidding me they can't do that's so weird that is so weird be totally weird it would be completely weird absolutely yeah I'd have no problem if I went to the past like if you sent my mind now to the past but wouldn't you though because you're like among all these twelve year olds but you would be communicating as you do as an adult I'd be like okay I'm gonna get like an after school job. And then I'm never. I'm not going to go to college, and I'm just going to work, and I'm going to buy Apple stock. I'm going to buy Netflix stock. I'm going to buy, and I'm just going to be rich. I'm going to be so rich. I'm just going to start a YouTube channel. And the second 2005 rolls around, and uh, that we website got, goes up, we got a real biff with us. Right yeah, here, I think it sounds like Christian. a nightmare. We're living in like Christian's casino world. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a mon- monument of him and stuff. Yeah. Like Vegas is just Christian. Like <laughs> Humes, you know. Uh, and you're like, check out this game. It's called Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> uh, you still have the UFC podcast, though. That's, yeah, it'd be like, oh, check true. out the Nintendo Cartridge Society by Christian. Yeah. I would, I would like probably like miss my old friends from my real life, so I'd like end up moving out here and then like, <laughs> yeah, like befriending. They'd be like, wait, why is this billionaire hanging out with Matt? What's going on? Why is he doing like some podcasts? I don't understand. Uh, yeah, but speaking of podcasts, yeah, so Buffy, Buffy, um, character arcs and challenges. <laughs> What do you think? Oh, Buffy. I think Buffy, man. Because we like I, I know Davros is very extreme, but Buffy is more of like like a continuous growth. Like you also just get like the peaks and valleys with Buffy and you see yeah. like uh Davros sounds very like sad, but with Buffy you get to see the good times as well as the bad times, you see the romances, you see the friendships, you know, like you see the home life, you see all of that. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I think yeah, Buffy for sure. Um so I'd say this next one is one that uh, I personally don't think. I think this is another. I think it's a wash. 
but competency. Because I mean, I mean, maybe it can go to Davros. Like he is an exceptionally competent character. Um, but Buffy is never like even when she's failed, she's oh, she's learned from her mistakes, which is a level of competency. So like I feel like she's as skilled as she could be. I yeah, I yeah. think Buffy is um obviously benefits from the people around her. Yeah. Right. And having like Giles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, there is something to Davros just being very maniacally self-sufficient. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, do you think Buffy is good at learning from her friends or is that often like a sense of conflict? Cause that would be the thing that I would say could turn it to like, that gives, you'd want to give Davos, Davros. I keep saying like Davos Seaworth. I keep saying, um, just because not having that smart ability from the beginning is fine for her, mm-hmm. but she does have all these resources. So if it's like a conflict of like, well, you're not listening to me or these people think we should do this and you're trying to do that, then it's like, okay, she's like her competency is actually like sort of a weak point for her. But if it's something where she knows like, oh, I need to use my resource of my friends and like I need to learn from them and follow their instructions on things that like aren't my forte then I'd say they're like just because hers isn't as escalated as his is because mm-hmm. his is as escalated as his because the universe he exists in. Then I, I'd say like they're equally competent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. It's a wash. Yeah. I feel like that's I don't yeah. I don't think as as competent as he is. And it's sort of like one of his defining factors. I've never felt like she is um, someone that bu- like flounders through her world and she's just... definitely not a bumbler yeah she's yeah. not uh what am I she's do not with forrest all these gump steaks? yeah <laughs> like forrest gump is totally yeah he makes it through life not really of his own accord right yeah That's so right. And he life lost. happens to him yeah yeah um character growth gotta go to be buffy. buffy buffy man it's gotta go to buffy like we yeah. just get glimpses of what davros was like before he became what he was but otherwise then he's just he's batman yeah he's anti-batman which so boring after a while <laughs> right right um likability buffy man. buffy yeah that one feels you pretty you don't easy. like board character <laughs> <laughs> he's so ugly <laughs> which that's not a factor we don't have <laughs> we don't have hot or not look i've look if kissability is a factor i mean let's just be honest i think buffy also wins that one we yeah. have ship yeah. factor and which buffy's isn't necessarily so about like it's not hot or not we're not like no. Putting people on a ten point scale here, Who but are you she, ship is, she is one yeah. of the most she's one of the most shippable characters, right? She is very shippable, but also like Davros, villains are very fun to ship because you can ship them with so many people. You yeah. can ship them with heroes. You can ship them with other villains. With computers with computers, <laughs> calculators. Really, yeah. calculator is just a less fancy computer. I don't think he's shippable though. Yeah, I can see him getting it all he's with just, the face of Bo. Oh, <laughs> gross! <laughs> They'd probably have a good time. Or, uh, yeah, or Cassandra. Yeah. The, the moisturize, moisturize me. <laughs> oh, gross. That's Have the... you seen these? Oh. That probably just sounds real weird. <laughs> Doctor Who is great at having disgusting characters. Uh, the face Which of Buffy Bo is, is literally a giant at... face and like a... This is a giant face. It's just a giant Old head. face. And then the Cassandra is this... This is another face that's like it's just the skin of the face. It's like st- like stretched and it's like moisturized. Really oh, gross! It's <laughs> <laughs> great. It's great. Um, you know, intelligence. I would give it to Davros. Right, I would give that to Davros I too. Mean, she's just in school. She doesn't even have her GED yet. Yeah, Davros created a whole. Well, uh, but I would say Buffy's much more emotionally intelligent. Well, yeah. that's good because that's the next one. Oh, well, then there you go. <laughs> a point for each. <laughs> that's literally the follow up. <laughs> yeah, she definitely is. She has, I mean, she has a heart. She has range. Like, she has is empathy. Angry. Yeah. Um, you never really see him, like, other than when he was, like, a scared boy. Yeah. Like, you'd never see him cry, right? And that's sort of an important thing, which like that was like the one thing about like I was like, man, I wish Master Chief didn't go up against Buffy because like you like you actually see him like teary eyed and stuff. And I'm like, that's sort of an amazing thing for them to do with this sort of like power hungry, emasculated, super steroidal character. Mm-hmm. It's like they're like, no, we're actually not going to make him that dude. We're going to make him like really sad that he lost his friend, which is like kind of awesome. But Buffy brings it home in that every episode. That's what that show is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, authenticity. I would give to Buffy, dude. Yeah, it's Buffy, man. Yeah, and I'd give originality to Buffy. Buffy. I mean, yeah. in fact, I think like pretty much the Buffy. rest of these, like Buffy. personal relationships, 
their internal relationship, yeah. um, whether they're an archetype or stereotype, like beer buddy factor. I'd give like pretty much all of those to Buffy. I feel pretty good about it. I yeah. Think, I think this is a strong decision, and I think this is a great contender for the finals. I think so, too. Mark? I, I'm uh, all in on Buffy. Well, in every generation, there is a chosen one. <laughs> and that is not you, Davros. Hope this doesn't leave a scar on your face. Oh, that was a good one. Thank you. That was a good one. Buffy is moving on. And where do we go from here? You know, Buffy has a big matchup against her. Yeah. So next week we have the Division Four finals. So we have our first. So we have our first three Division finals done. So this is the final one. So the first two characters that made it through the divisions were Michael from The Good Place, and then uh, Todoroki, Todoroki from My, from Hero, My Hero Academia, Academia, which you're gonna watch and and uh, and love. Yeah, and love. And then Division Three, Peter Parker. Ooh. Yeah, that's a big one. And then now we have the Division Four finals, which are Zelda. Um, Darth, Darth Vader. Darth Vader's going to go up against Buffy. And yeah. then there was one other. Um, I'll figure out who that is. But Mark, have you given any thought to who you would like to enter into our bucket for the next season? Yes. Uh, I guess I'll tell you guys and then you'll let me know if you've already done it. Laura, yeah. Was it Laura I, Croft? I'll let you know. Laura Croft. Oh, Laura Croft. Right. Yeah. No, I thought no. she got beat. No. Just, anyways, <laughs> I don't remember. We'll figure it out. Okay. Too many characters. My pick is Murder, She Wrote heroine Jessica Fletcher. Oh, Jessica. Oh, this oh, yeah. is great. Wow. I love Jessica Fletcher. I want to be more like Jessica Fletcher in my Dude. life. And it, it, whenever, whenever I'm in an awkward social situation, I always think to myself, what would Jessica Fletcher do? L- the world would be so much better if we all just lived our lives a little bit more like Jessica Fletcher. Wow, that's a great addition to the bucket, man. Well, we'll see if Jessica Fletcher has what it takes to be the ultimate fictional character. Mark, seriously, this has been a blast. Oh, this is yeah. so much fun. You're Thank so you guys so delight. much for having me. Yeah. You're such a delight to have on. We'll have to have you back next season. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, and we don't have to pull anything from the bucket. No, this is, there's no new characters for this season. By the way, it's SpongeBob. So it's SpongeBob. Oh, that's Ooh. right. It's SpongeBob versus Zelda, and then Darth Vader versus Buffy. And honestly, again, I know Buffy just beat Davros, who beat Thanos, but I think Darth Vader is a much... I mean, it's Anakin Skywalker. That's a big... We Next week's going to be tough. That's that's big. That's a big week. Yeah, man. Mark, where can everyone find you? Oh, uh, check me out on Nintendo Cartridge Society. It's a podcast that I host with Patrick Ellers, previous guest of this show. Uh, We do two episodes a week. On Tuesday, we do like a news episode talking about all the Nintendo news from the previous week. And then on Thursdays, we do a topic episode. We do a lot of ranking episodes very similar to like to this. And if you're interested in checking it out, we have two great episodes. If you're a fan of the show, you should check out Christian came on where we ranked the best and determined the best Mario power up. I loved it. Oh, that was great. And uh, Matt was a two time guest on the show. I think one episode we determined which Nintendo franchise made the biggest contribution to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? So yeah, check us out where you can find us anywhere, or you can find us exactly where you're finding this show. Yeah, and I won't do spoilers, but on on Christian's episode, I agree with that outcome. I was like, it better be this. All right. I, I mean, all, our lists are always definitive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they might be wrong, but they're definitive. Yeah. That's well, how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this ride. Uh, crazy to think that this season's coming to an end yeah. uh, make sure to stay tuned because so, we're about to find out who is going to go up against the doctor at the end Absolutely. of the season we'll see you next week guys stay on the hunt <laughs> <laughs>